Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, and we are on episode number 14? Smashed it at 14, 14. yeah boy. 14. Oh my god, 14, wow, and we're only today discussing the first set of games in the Premier League, mad, Felt it's good. crazy. Felt good. How was it, Roz, for the Premier League to be back? How, did, how, how much has your life improved since last Friday? Honestly, vibes is all I can say. Friday night, Arsenal playing, we're out in London, having a good time, get to watch the boys, Live in the well. pub, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good time. It's just, it's felt so good, good yeah, to have good. football back. It can't be understated how much you miss it. You don't realize how much you miss it until it's actually back. Yeah, like and my general kind of mood. I don't get really excited for much until the football's on, and then my bloody like internal body emotions are all over the gaff. Arsenal playing well, then we're playing shit. So yeah, it's good to be back in. It's that great mindset. to be back. Um, yeah, so before we start, we just want to announce we are going to be running a YouTube football giveaway competition. Let's go. We will be giving away a mystery shirt. We're well good at these mystery shirts. We giveaways. love mystery shirts. Who doesn't like Look at all these shirts? mystery shirts. Yeah, we just we keep Fuck adding to the collection. We've got a massive collection. But um, the rules and regulations will be down below in the description. The brief rules are you've just got to subscribe to our channel. And YouTube every channel. comment you put on a video... Uh, from now until the end of the competition, which would be the 29th or 27th of August. It's basically the day before the... Uh, game Week 5. Game. game Week 5, basically, yeah. Uh, but everything will be down in the description. Every comment that you do put uh, on every video since then, since this one will be uploaded, uh, will give you an extra entry into the raffle. But yeah. You do um, want to win a mystery top. Yeah. Geezer the one it on our last giveaway. Shout out, Big Paul. He loved it. I and so it. yeah mystery tops mystery we'll get tops. involved get them on subscribe that's it. That's you do. Um, but yeah everything's gonna be down in the description below so make sure you check it out for your chance to win a free mystery football shirt and it will be a good one we promise we promise not this Everton one not this Everton one who wants that stinky Everton shirt oh. that slap bang in the middle <laughs> of our backdrop okay anyway um, the football was the football is back and we're gonna start with the first game that took place on Friday night at Selhurst Park. The bloody boys. It was Arteta versus Vieira. Arsenal versus the Palisman. Two Arsenal midfield icons in Arteta and Vieira going head to head. Yeah. You love to see it. Um, so obviously, Roz, if, you, if no one knew, you're actually an Arsenal fan. You kept that a bit quiet over the last couple of episodes. Nah, support Dundee, mate. Where Dundee United, yes. Um, yeah, give us your take on the game that ended 2-0 to the Cannonmen. Uh, well, I think my first take is that 2-0 against Palace away is a very good result. If you just take it at face value, like 38 games into the season, no one's going to be worrying about how we got that three points because that'll be three points that I think a lot of other teams in and around us won't get. I can see the likes of United, Spurs... Um, Chelsea going to Palace and struggling. They're a good team. Yeah, I think out of the sort of uh, outside the top six, you're looking at teams like Palace and Brighton. Yeah, I had them quite Potenti- well, Potentially even like a Newcastle. Are you being attacked by a fly right now? <laughs> My days. Um, we've got a special guest on the podcast right now. We've got a fly. Um, but yeah, awesome. outside the top six, you're looking at teams like Palace and Brighton and probably someone like Newcastle. I had uh, Palace Ham. quite high in my predictions. Yeah. So yeah, I not a good place to go. Not, not the ideal start. The stadium but, is just so compact and the crowd, as far as crowds go, Palace, Palace are very, are very nuts. good support. And yeah. so like, if you go there and you don't back yourself as a team, you'll get run and over. we saw last season just how good they were. 
and they've only really added to their strength 100%. with their signings. So a 2-0 result for Arsenal in the beginning day of the season against a difficult opposition, you must be happy. Yeah, 100%. Especially because like Arsenal, we always seem to be on TV as the first game of the opening of the season. And we always seem to bottle it like Brentford last year. We had one a couple of years ago that was pretty bad. And so my worry is that we just shit the bed on TV again. And then everybody would come for Arteta's net. Especially so, after the preseason you've had and all the all the, exactly, all the hype. Like been pushing towards Arsenal. Me putting Arsenal third in my predictions. Too much hype. Um, but, um, let's talk about the performances. Um, we'll start with Arsenal. Obviously, um, anyway, the way that I've seen it is the first 40 minutes were almost flawless. Mate, the first like 20 minutes, we were electric. I've seen so many pundits say that out of the first uh, week of fixtures, Arsenal's first half was the best um, performance out of any team at any point. And I agree. We looked so good in that first 15 minutes. So like if we buried a couple more chances, we could have been like four nil up at like half an hour. And we were so on them. Gabriel J. Jesus looked like a handful, mate. That We were watching it together, obviously. That dribble where he like took on like five people and then kind of scuffed his final shot. I was like, Jesus Christ, what a start. It's going to be scary coming up against uh, an attacking um, output that literally contains Jesus, Martinelli, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Saka. Saka. Yeah. And especially when you've got players like uh, Thomas Partey and Xhaka def- uh, protecting that sort of back yeah. line, even playing those progressive passes, which is Inchenko moving in. Um, it is going to be a dangerous, dangerous opportunity to come up against. And I think a lot of Premier League sides will struggle, I think the amount of quality in that attacking like third is just unreal yeah 100%. Um, I, I was when we click we'll we'll batter like there's teams that I think have leakier defences than Palace and I think if we click against one of those teams we'll batter them like 5 or 6 nil. yeah um, so talking about how Arsenal lined up they sort of lined up in a 4-2-3-1 yeah it's pretty much the formation I expected Tierney isn't fully fit so Zinchenko was starting I don't know what the situation will be when Tierney becomes back in full fitness if Zinchenko move into midfield or if he'll stay left back and Tierney's just on the bench. So that'll be interesting when Tierney comes back to full fitness. Same with Tommy Asu. This is Tommy Asu gets straight back in at right back. Ben White played outstandingly against Zaha, yeah. Arguably one of the best wingers in and the league. Against someone who, with someone like Saka in front of him, he doesn't need to be so progressive up the pitch mm. because he can just play it off because Zach, Zach, uh, Saka, Saka so good, yeah. can just bomb it down the line yeah, and he will take people on yeah and he took he, he had a shot like right towards the end of the game i'm pretty sure where he could sort of cut in and hit with his left foot or was it right foot what the one that led to the goal nah he maybe but it, like, there was one that led to goal where he was like jinked inside then went back outside yeah that and was, it looked like a cross but gay Saka's left footed right yeah, yeah yeah so it was with his right foot and i just remember thinking at the time if saka can get his right foot shooting ability down, yeah. he's going to be even scarier this season. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, but like you say, Ben White was outstanding and it does lead to the question is when Tom Yasu is fully fit, yeah. does he come straight back in? Because I do think he gives you a bit more Going on that right-hand side. Yeah. But against teams who do have explosive wingers like Azaha, will Arsenal look at this and think, actually, Ben White's probably better defensively? Yeah. Well, it's such a good problem to have that we've got now. Last season, when Tom Yasu and Tierney were out, our replacements in Cedric and Tavares, they're all right, but they're not up to the level. Tavares just scored, didn't he? For, oh, he shot a banger as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a nice banger. goal. Um, so yeah, they weren't really up to the level to keep our kind of game plan how we wanted to play. But now we've got in Ben White and Tommy Asu, who can both play right back, and Zinchenko and Tini, who can both play left back. We have depth that like, if any one of them was starting, I wouldn't, confident. Yeah, I wouldn't be sad about it. And I think another good thing about our back line at the moment 
is we just look so physically dominant, which we never used to be a couple of seasons ago. Scary, to, scary. Back mate, back. like Saliba has got to be like six foot a million. Gabriel Magalhaes, big. Ben White, big. Yeah. Tierney can get about. Zinchenko can get about. Tommy Asu, big. We've got like a, we've got a unit of a back line and that's like not happened for a while. Before we move on to talk about Saliba, who had an outstanding game. Ball, I, mean. I just want to ask you a question. So Hit me. if Tommy Asu does come back in. Yeah. Out of Saliba, Ben White, and uh, Gabriel, who's getting dropped? Well, that's such a rough question. Because you, you, honestly, I, I, I have seen about earlier, you can't. There is no clear option. Honestly, yeah, I, that's like a problem that I wouldn't even know how to address. But it's a, like you say, it's a nice problem to have. Very nice problem. I'd probably say Ben White, as rough as that is, because he had, apart from Saliba, probably the man of match performance. But I think just obviously Gabriel Magalhaes is lucky in the sense that he's the only really good left-sided centre-back. Yeah. So his place is pretty cemented. Secure. And yeah. then it's Saliba or Ben White. I think just how good Saliba was in his first game and just how dominant he is. Maybe if it's a game where we need a bit more physicality, we play Saliba. But if it's a game where we're playing maybe a lower team in the league where we have the ball more, I think Ben White's probably better at progressing the ball and is a bit more nimble and can see a pass a bit better than Saliba. Yeah. Um, a I good problem to have. But like you say, it's, just, it's an impossible situation, yeah. but it's a nice one to have. 100%. Um, I want to sort of talk about how Arsenal set up. So they started in this 4-2-3-1 yeah. uh, with Party and Shaka playing that sort of holding midfield role. We sort of expected them to set up like that. But I think when uh, Vieira comes back uh, into the fold and he's, he's fit again. Or, even, or even Patrick, but you're talking about e- yeah, yeah. E- even Smith-Rowe who can yeah. play as that eight. I think with Party, especially against a team sort of who's less dangerous down, than yeah, Palace, yeah. Um, playing with the single six in Party and, and then playing eights. with the two eights in Smith-Rowe. I think that is Xhaka played situation. 10 players in eight as well. But yeah, Xhaka, We saw that a bit last year, didn't we? Yeah, but we he's did, just yeah. not as good as the likes of Smith-Rowe Vieira I mean, in that position. I I do prefer in the 10 role, but probably does a job at eight yeah. in an eight role as well. But um, what I found really interesting was how Arsenal sort of manipulated the spaces on the pitch to really stop Palace's um, ball-playing uh, players like Joachim Anderson. And, Do you uh, see Decore. his like um, long pass accuracy and like the clips? He was just spraying like 50 yeah. yarders, mate. No, but he's that's what he is. He's but a ball-playing so, defender. I think he's he'll phenomenal. be snapped up. Yeah, he's a phenomenal defender. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, and his progressive passes are insane. He And that's what Arsenal sort of lost control a bit in the second half of the game. Just but we'll move on to that. Many, yeah, yeah. But then, so when Arsenal were in possession of the ball, I found this really interesting. Um, you would see everyone would push up the pitch and then they would leave literally Saliba and Gabriel in the two and then they would have a three of party um, and then Zinchenko would tuck in from the left and Ben White would tuck in from the right and then you'd have like a two with a three in the middle really compact in that mm. space and that allowed um, Arsenal to get Xhaka, Odegaard, Martinelli and Saka into these uh, channels yeah. and creating loads of half spaces which is Almost exactly like two what fives, yeah. yeah it's exactly what um, Arsenal want because they've got players who are so good in tight spaces and if you have a player like Martinelli or Saka or Gabriel Jesus or Odegaard who can just jink between two players mm. and then suddenly you've opened up all this space because they've got out of that tight situation it's incredible to have because then it free then it makes the defenders question right I've got to go to that man but then I'm leaving all this space behind me yeah. or do I sit back and potentially allow a shot or mm. give him time to make the pass so it was really, really impressive. And I thought they, they're closing down, especially Martinelli, who played this sort of hybrid press role. He was pressing against Klein and Joachim Anderson. I thought Palace, um, Arsenal's press overall was phenomenal because it didn't allow Anderson, especially in that first 40 minutes, mm. to be playing those passes, neither Decore, 
anyone because when Gaeta got the ball it was I want to play it out to Gay or, or to Anderson yeah, yeah. and um, yeah it was super super impressive however Martinelli's crazy at pressing yeah Martinelli's uh, the set piece goal whereas Zinchenko knocks it back in back yeah. in yeah Martinelli was just in the perfect space phenomenal I thought Martinelli was probably my player of the game he he is he goes under the radar because when you have the likes of Saka Smith Rowe and all them man and now Gabriel Jesus because Martinelli is young and isn't that big name on the scene he's not English which doesn't help he doesn't get as much hype but I think he's probably like level with Saka in terms of I think his ceiling is the highest out of any of the Arsenal yeah, sort of like trio he's so good yeah I think he's an unbelievable player um but yeah, we're going to move into the second half. So obviously Arsenal get the goal from the set piece. Yeah. Um, we kind of ended the first half a little bit, bit wobbly. Ropey, yeah. Was, um, that, was that the Eze, Eze shot? Eze had a shot that he, he should have He should have scored, yeah. I, I mean, Ramsdale... Oh, I had your ankles because yeah, you're a bit of an Eze fanboy. Yeah. And he was in one-on-one and I was like, Luke, how did he bowl that? Straight down the the middle of Aaron Ramsdale and he had all the goal to... But that, he should have got Palace in at 1-1 at halftime. Yeah. And then second then half would have been... Like it was already a wobbly second half from Arsenal, but you know a one as well, would have been bad. I want to highlight is Jordan Ayew. I think is one of the most frustrating players to watch because if you had thirty people on a pitch, right, he would dribble past twenty nine of them <laughs> and then lose it to thirty of. Well, he always balls out against Arsenal for some reason. I think and he just gets excited. Yeah. So, but then basically we're moving to the second half because yeah. the second half is where I personally feel like Arsenal as a team we saw some weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think so. They in the second half, Arsenal sat a lot deeper. Mm. Whether it was intentional or not, I'm not sure. But invited a lot of pressure, and it allowed Anderson and Decore the time to play those uh, those like sort of penetrating balls. And we did see them playing it out wide to Zaha or to Ayu quite a lot in the second half. And they did Palace did create some chances out of it. I know Edouard put a header pretty much straight yeah out, straight down the middle as well. Yeah. Middle, well, yeah. actually, it was like kind of down the middle, but it was a good save in. Yeah. I thought Ramsdale had a decent game. Yeah, I think he's... But um, yeah, I same. think his distribution led, uh, left a lot to be desired. Do you reckon? I saw one pinger to Zinchenko that was disgusting. Yeah, I know it was something he struggled with a lot at like Sheffield United. I think... No, I think the reason we signed him is because he's got good distribution. Well, I heard that they brought in a uh, distribution coach specifically for Ramsdale. I'd say so far what I've seen of him in an Arsenal shirt, his distribution is good. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not terrible by any means, but I think potentially that is the weakest part of his game for me anyway oh I don't know I don't back that okay well that's, that's your opinion yeah yeah. Um, it's game but, of opinions yeah, baby game of opinions anyway um, we saw Arsenal sit a lot deeper mm. uh, invite a lot more pressure yeah. and I think against teams who will be able to like have a more co- more coherent press higher up the pitch we could see some sort of it, like just more mistakes mm. like we haven't really seen them be pressured so like incredibly hard like they will do on a team like against a team like Liverpool mm. or Man City even um, but obviously those are the top two teams in the league yeah um, I'd say Palace's price is one of the best in the league yeah yeah it's not it's not bad by any means but I, I just think potentially yeah against better players that are more clinical in front of goal likes of like you saw in the um, I don't know if people have watched the Arsenal or nothing but last year when we went to Liverpool and we were getting pressed high and Nuno Tavares made those couple of mistakes that's it they all led to goals whereas like Palace we get pressed and maybe make a couple of mistakes but they didn't lead to goals they and that's, the Mane, the that's the difference the, between the, front, the likes yeah. of City and Liverpool and lower teams where like their front three if you give them a sniff mate they're taking the whole baggie yeah exactly um, <laughs> what, what a uh... that should be a thing that's quite a good line yeah well quite a good line that's what oh. you've done now fantastic oh. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, generally, overall, I think Arsenal were great. Um, yeah, I think and what I want to say about the drop-off in the second half is... So we were talking about this at the pub when we were watching it, and you were thinking... The discussion was like, is this... They, they're just going too hard in the first half and can't keep it up? Or is it something else? And I think it's something else. I think it's a mentality thing. I think it's a mentality thing as well. And I that's why back in previous episodes I've said... I feel like Arsenal lack that sort of experience in the park. Mm. I know Xhaka is quite is fairly experienced, and I know Zinchenko's got a lot of experience for his country and for Man City Odegaard yeah. as well. But, but that sort of like game tactician almost it's, it's that. Plus, it's the fact that we uh, I think at the moment are lacking that kind of let's go fucking murder this team kind of energy. Because like I'll go back to that all or nothing. I've been binging the Arsenal all or nothing, and um, in the Spurs game last year, the one where we were in three 0 at half time. You saw in the team talk that Arteta gave, he was like, boys, it's nil-nil, let's fucking keep going, let's keep killing this team, make it five, six, seven. And we went out and it didn't score again and they scored and it finished 3-1. So I think it's not having those killer instincts is what we're missing. Whereas like a team like City... They will murder a team. They will murder a team and they have the ability to think mentality-wise, oh we're going to have 90 minutes of dominance and that is facts. Whereas Arsenal... It's like I think how many goals probably, can we score? Yeah, I, I think with Arsenal, the, the thinking is we played so good for that 45 minutes. Let's keep it to And this. it's kind of... It's more like, oh, they're going to have a spell as long as we're good through that spell of pressure that they have. We'll come out. We'll come out the other side on top. Yeah. Whereas like, you can't even think about that spell they're going to have. You've got to think, fuck them having a spell. We're going to... These next 45 minutes... There are no spells. Yeah, we're back. This ain't Harry Potter. There's no spells. There are no spells. We're back. We're going again for the next 45 minutes. And that's the kind of switch in mentality I want to see. And that will come when these boys play together more and they play in more like important competitions like the Europa League and then say we get into Champions League or finals or whatever. You learn that killer instinct. And I think so the more that they play together in these high, high value games, you'll learn this killer instinct. And I think that's the switch up that I want to see from Arsenal. This kind of let's not worry about an opposition and their spell of pressure that's coming will be the next spell of pressure. There are, this is the only spell. And that's it. That's what I want to see from Arsenal. But how do you rectify that? I I think, like I was saying, uh, it comes from exposure to more high value games like a final or like losing a final would drill into these players. We need to be more ruthless. Like say you're tuning up in a final and then you don't kill the game off and then you lose 3-2. Learning how to cope with that sort of, yeah. yeah. So going through those, obviously, like we said, it's a stupidly young team. Maybe a couple more winners, like Gabriel Jesus, obviously that was his first game, Zinchenko first game. A couple more winners in the team that would be like, let's fucking murder these man, would be good. But I think, long story short, good good start for Two thumbs up from Border or for Arsenal. Congratulations. You've got three points. You've got two goals on the board. Clean sheet. What more do you want, really? What more do you want? Uh, We're going to take a little break now and then we're going to come back and go talk about Fulham versus Liverpool. Another good and game. And the rest of the games that let's are go, to follow. Let's go. Football's back, baby. And we are back. We're going to move on to the next game, which was the 12.30 at Craven Cottage. Luke, never back the early kickoff, mate. Never back. Was that Gandhi who said that? Yeah. Mahatma Gandhi said, never back the, never early, back kickoff. the early kickoff. And I yeah. did, because I'm a douchebag. I put to um, Liverpool to win, Salah to score, blah, 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 blah. Finished 2 all. Talk to me about the game. Did anyone see this coming? I don't think no, so. No, not a chance. Not even Klopp, mate. Do you see how fucking raging he was? He was like, 
they didn't oh, the water pitch the pitch was a bit dry. And there's, I was like, shut, shut up. tweeted a, a picture yes. of the sprinklers on the pitch. Good banner. Oh, good, good banner. Good for we like that. But yeah. But yeah. Um, wow, Fulham. Very, very impressive. I was so impressed with... The aggressiveness. The aggressiveness. So aggressive. They, just, they had no fear. None. And None. it was a team who really believed that they could get something from this game. And they did. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the result. Uh, don't know how you'd miss it but yeah I was really impressed with how composed they were on the ball as well there was a lot of times where like Polina as well was getting pressed oh, super hard he was so good and just no no worries just relax he's Mate. got the ball and he's going to find the pass he he had an unbelievable game I think uh, Cabano and Decodova Reed had phenomenal games yeah, yeah. as well Mitro is there any oh, we can talk he, about we can have a segment just about is Mitro he gonna that just, guy, is he going to score 40 goals in the Premier League is he the most complete number 9 in the world like, <laughs> well, probably not. But like, he's in the conversation. Yeah, conversation. No, I mean, he just the he way had he an unbelievable game. Bullied Van Dyke. Bullied Van Dyke. Bullied Trent. Oh, let's not even talk about what he'd done to Trent. He like dunked on him. So that was rough. Um, obviously, Fulham went one 0 up. Uh, through Mitro, through the Metro header, the back post. Um, let's talk about that. A lot of people been throwing a lot of abuse at Trent. Uh, Trent for the. Apparently, lack of awareness, not jumping for the ball. The last couple of weeks, we have backed Trent's defensive ability. Yeah. And he always seems to do something that like, following week that is a bit sus. I've seen a lot of people saying there's two camps. Either you defend Trent to the death or you bully Trent and you just you hate you hate the fact that he's a football player. I um, think Trent is the best right back in the world. Yeah. But... But is he the most complete right back in the world? No. Do you know what I mean? So... Obviously, when you've got centre-backs like Van Dyke, like Matip, like Kanate, who can provide that sort of extra... They're so good that they can provide that yeah. extra sort of defensive solidity. Um, you can afford to have a luxury player. You've yeah. almost got like a number 10 playmaker, but in a right-back. Yeah, 100%. We saw that against City, that if you've got a right-back that can ping 30-yard screamers, fucking just get him in the team. Yeah, he's he's just, and he's brilliant from set pieces, especially when now you've got a target man sort of in uh, Darwin Nunez up front yeah. who can get his head on the ball. I, I mean, it's even that better for yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. But admittedly, he probably should have had a more awareness where Mitro was. physicality and often switches off at the wrong time. Yeah, we saw that in the Champions League final. Didn't yeah, we? and in the Community Shield final, switched off. And in this game, he switched off. So he does have lapses in concentration. I don't know if that's because when you're in a dominant team that is on crud the whole game, you do tend to switch off every now and then because you can relax. But that's not the case in this Fulham game because they weren't allowed to relax. Fulham was on them. So he shouldn't... I think it's hard to do, to label it all on Trent because I think nine out of ten right-backs lose that battle at the far post to Mitro. Yeah, I mean, Mitro's coming in. He's got all the momentum. Steaming, yeah. That was a really hard ball to read as well because it was literally sitting towards the back post. Mm. Um and yeah, Mitchell comes in. He's got the he's got the momentum, and he gets up, gets behind Trent, and, and nods it into the into the goal. Um, yeah, I like to be honest. I, I know there's a lot of people who would say Trent should do better. He probably should. Yeah, he probably should be able to uh, have enough sense about him to know his man's coming in from the back. Yeah, and, and even if he just gets in the way or just makes him have to divert his run a bit, he mm. it, it sort of puts him off. Or even if he jumps for it, you know, maybe he can get the block in. Or yeah, we don't know, but. Potentially, yes. Um, I, obviously, there are defenders in the world who would have cleared that, but Trent isn't in that Liverpool team for his defensive capabilities. Yeah, um, but yeah, so then uh, we've also had the Thiago injury, which is a big loss for Liverpool, I think. Oh, sort of. So he's been at... So in, on, in the last five years, 
in all competitions, he hasn't hit more than 26 games. Which, which 26 for, games is the average number, though, for Man City players. Oh, is it? Well, I didn't yeah. know that. But, like, but that's the, the, likes, yeah, well, the likes of City and Liverpool, who play 70 games a season, if you've got a centre mid that can only do 25, 26 games, he's a problem. It's like Tierney. It's like the likes of those men who you want them to be someone you build the team around, but their body won't allow it. And you can't build a team around someone that's going to be there for like a third of your game. Yeah, so that's going to be a big loss. Big especially time. against the Palace as, uh, as well in the next game. Um, and having someone like Thiago who probably can dictate the tempo of a game pretty much better than anyone in the Premier League. Yeah. I would argue. Um, having that sort of loss is, is going to be major for them. Um, I thought Nunez was really good when he came on. He was so good. He, I think that uh, if you've got him in your fantasy team I think you'd be buzzing because I think that almost cements his start next game. Yeah. I think um, like obviously he came on and he had that he had one chance where he should have shot but he tried to pass it into the middle. Yeah. Um, but that will come with time. I've seen people say he's the, like the most accidentally good player ever. His movement is insane, and like Haaland, he's just freakishly yeah, fast, fast with his yeah. size. Um, and obviously, he ke- he came on and he did the little uh, back heel flick. Yeah, the first one got saved, and then the exact same thing happened like a couple minutes later, and, and went in the back ends, of the net. Yeah. And um, and then like his actual goal, or oh, it's Salah's goal where he like took a touch, but it was such a bad touch that it rolled to Salah. That's it. Yeah. I was like, this guy is so accidentally decent. Yeah. Um, but then uh, we also have the Mitrovic penalty that he won against Van Dijk. What First time Van Dijk's no been dribbled past. I mean, it, it's kind of a strange one that because people claim that he has been dribbled past, but what's counted as Oh, dribble. yeah. Like, how do you classify a dribble pass? Yeah. Like, what if you get past and then, yeah. But um, yeah, Mitrovic won the penalty. Brilliant little bit of skill to jink it round him. He was so caught. good. Yeah. And That's the thing. You don't expect quick feet from a guy that big, no. but his, his feet are nice and quick. And nice and quick. Someone that like is bigger, like Van Dyke, whose feet aren't that well, you, quick. If you do a quick with, turn, you send him. Same thing with Harland and Nunez. You like, send them to the don't shops, mate. It. Yeah, but like now we're seeing these big players, big like in terms of physicality, who are just technically brilliant as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. No, Whereas before you don't expect to have your smaller players like your Bernardo Silvers or your David Silvers, stuff like that. Outrageous start from Metro. Two goals. First yeah, game in the Premier League. Shut up the people who say you can't do it in the Premier League. 100%. He's done it against the second best team in the Premier League. What if so he gets 43 goals this season? Unbelievable. I mean, if he gets 43 goals this season. Fulham are winning the league. Just, yeah, <laughs> just. But um, it was a brilliant, brilliant start for Fulham. I don't think Marco Silva could ask for anything more no. from his team. Um, I think they played so well. And if. So we both had them to get relegated in our predictions. If they keep that level of energy and kind of concentration and hunger. They'll do. They'll be like. A, they'll be getting scalps across the board. They'll be like that pr- promoted team that does better than everyone expects. Yeah, um, that was a good game. But yeah, um, should we move on to another promoted team real quick? We'll talk about the Bournemouth versus Villa game. Obviously, Bournemouth won two 0 I was so close to backing Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, Villa were just really shit. Yeah, I keep getting polluted brain. Everyone's like. Oh, Villa have got such a good squad. So many, I mean, we said so many good players. I, I went, I went and I was squad. like, they're full of good players that none of them are just going to help you. They're all a little bit too like, oh, blah, blah, blah. don't even know what that means. What does that mean? They're, but just, like, what, they're just like a bit like... I think it's like having a team of like end of Arsenal, Mesut Ozil. Do you think they've signed like, no too one's many like, fucking, players, like people like Dinier who thought they were just like too comfortable in a pretty shit Everton squad or like 
They signed Coutinho, who's Ooh. a bit like big, big yeah. time. Villa. That's 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 what I'm kind of saying. Everyone thinks I've they're a little bit. Went, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone thinks they're a little bit too like maybe too good for Villa or too good to try or too good to pull their socks up and fucking chin a man. It's like everyone. I think no one's gonna leave their heart on their sleeve and. I mean, I Villa. Problems there. I mean, we we've said this before. Steven Gerrard could really be head on the chopping block. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good start for Scott Parker and the Cherries. I'm kind of thinking, are they just going to be like a direct passing team this year and literally just whip it to Solanke and Kiefer Moore up front? I, I was going to say, well, if you're going to go direct, there's not many people that are going to be able to handle Solanke and Kiefer Moore. That's two. Yeah big boys yeah mate like that's problems and if you come up against a defenders that don't like that style of play that aren't comfortable heading every single ball the likes of like say last season Leicester who couldn't defend a set piece to save their lives I if mean, you get that kind do, of pressure if they can against, get a win every like four games it'll be enough yeah 100% so if you get the kind well, of teams that can't four, handle but... that kind of style of play and, like, Bournemouth just, just, and Aston Villa are that team they're they're like defensively they're all right if they're in possession all the time but if you're just pumping balls into the box and want headers out all the time Aston Villa are just going to flop yeah um, I don't think there's too much more to say on that it'd just be interesting to see how Bournemouth carry on and if they can all I can say is I'd like to see the downfall of Aston Villa (laughs) well they spent too much money yeah I think they're just they got a little bit too excited when they they were talking about Europe mate yeah I think that's what's triggered me they they all were saying they're getting Europe and then they sold Jack Grealish, brought all these players in and they were like, oh, we're going to get into Europa League. We'll buy Smith Rowe from Arsenal. I'm probably a little bit salty about that. And then... A bit salty seeing Martinez do well for them though. That's oh, that little season. period where he was like... So the he best left, goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, he left Arsenal. It's like, oh, it's the best thing I ever did to leave Arsenal. And it was like a year and a half later and he's still talking about Arsenal in interviews. I was like, my guy, just, just chill. Enjoy Leave your time. Enjoy your time. But no, yeah, I think they're just... I think they're all getting a bit too carried away. I don't think Steven Gerrard is the manager everyone's cracking him up to be. It was all Michael Beale. Let's go. All Michael Beale. Big win for QPR on the weekend as well. Yeah, Chrissy nice Willock. Little, yeah, mate. We talked about Chrissy Willock in the last podcast where we were talking yeah, mate, about Ainsley When Mike I Norris said and, yeah. I missed him and then he came back and he did that. And he treated you. Yeah, and then yesterday we lost to fucking Charlton on penalties. So poor. Ty Roberts was good though. I like Ty Roberts a lot. That's the lead's done. Yeah. Is he on loan or do you sign him? On loan with a view to a permanent. So I'm very excited. And Sinclair Armstrong as well came on, turned the game around. Unbelievable talent. Don't ever look at him because he's mine. He's my QPR. (laughs) He's my baby. Future prodigy. Um, Moving on and away from QPR after talking about Villa somehow. We'll stay in London though. We'll stay in London. We're going to go to Antonio Conte. Did you know Spurs, since the start of 2022, score most goals? Score the most goals in the Premier League. And Kulisevsky, since he signed, has got most goals and assists. He, Kulisevsky, right. Or is it just it, assists? It might be the signing of the decade, if you can get Spurs. Signing of the decade, blood <laughs> clot. What a statement. Because, Clip that one up. <laughs> because genuinely, the guy's insane. He is good. He is crazy yeah. good. Um, they won 4-1. Yeah, 4-1. James Ward-Prowse scored for Southampton. So from what I heard, nice I didn't actually watch though. this game, but from what I heard, they started a bit wobbly, Spurs. And then the second half, it was literally opposite to Arsenal. They just went mental in the second yeah, half. Yeah, Young got on the score sheet, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kulusevsky sort of run the show. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's sad times if you're a Son or a Harry Kane owner in a fantasy because if Spurs are scoring four in a game, 
and they're not really involved. I think the song got an if assist. The song got an assist and Harry Kane got nothing. Imagine that. I'd be fuming if you had Son or Kane. But well, we will discuss this in our fantasy, yeah, we'll have a fantasy episode uh, round up coming out. Yeah, yeah. Check the YouTube. Video. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, for me, Spurs, like you were saying about most goals in 2022, I think the thing is with Spurs, against low block teams, they always looked like they would struggle to find a way to break through. Whereas now, it looks like they're scoring goals for fun. And with, a, can, with a Kulisevsky. Yeah, they... I think as a low block team, as long as you're uh, against like old pre-Kulisevsky, pre-Richardson Spurs, all you'd have to do is it, mark Son or Kane out of the game. Well, you just have to press Kane so he, press, uh, he couldn't find that pass. Yeah, because as long as you nullify one of them, would, they can't work together. Would come from Kane dropping deep and the defender sort of moving with him and, and then he would find the pass. Yeah, right, yeah so as long as you nullify one of them back in the day, like even back in the day, like this time last them, yeah. year, you'd be done. But now you can... Kane can stay up and the other boys go round. Them two can drop deep. Kulisevsky can do the run. Song can do the run. They've got so many options now. So many different ways of forming forward moves that I think teams are struggling to cope at the moment. And that's why you've seen such a spike in their goals. Because teams used to think, Low let's play this way easy, against Spurs, yeah. it'll be fine. But in that way, but they invite now, pressure anyway. They're just finding different ways in. And I think Spurs, until someone figures out, out a way to nullify all those attacking all the front runs the yeah. Spurs do I think Spurs will be a problem for a while um, I just have one question though obviously Richarlison signed for fairly big money in the summer uh, was suspended for this game anyway uh, be back for the next game um, Kulisevsky playing so well obviously Kane Richarlison and Son wouldn't go much anywhere near my undroppable. Huh? he wouldn't go anywhere near my t- front line yeah well I mean he can sit on the bench do you think that's good though do you think that's a good thing to have such competitive oh yeah 100% course? 100% yeah. yeah I was like so if it was Arsenal I'd be like oh this is a lovely problem to have and it is but that's like a 60 million pound problem like is Richardson the kind of person to be happy sat on the bench um, time will tell yeah time will tell um, moving on to the next game we have Frank Lampard's Toffees and the visitors were Chelsea, Frank Lampard's former team, if you didn't back at know. His old st- well, it wasn't back at his old stopping ground because it was at Everton. But yeah. playing against his old... 1-0 Chelsea win, team. Jorginho penalty, Raheem Sterling was, was fucking throwing boring, it back. Not going to lie. Oh my God, do you see that clip? Mad. Mate, that is a write-off. That is um, a write-off. I th- Everton started with a back three. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've now signed Connor Cody which I think is a good signing for them. Yeah, a back line of Tarkovsky and Conor Cody is... Well, Conor Cody is literally the ideal player to have in a back three anyway because mm. he's played that entire time at, at yeah. Wolves, uh, even in England, England yeah. for his ability to play in a back three. I just... They need a striker. Yeah, they going forward, they are so, just so, so dry. But like, I was uh, pleasantly surprised about it. I thought they looked very solid. I thought... Yeah, I thought they'd ship goals against Chelsea, but... To the most, like to the largest extent, they seem to nullify Chelsea. And for them to only score a penalty, I know they scored a couple of goals that were given offside. But um, yeah, I think Everton surprised a lot of people that game because they could have easily rolled over. And I think they played quite well. Yeah, I don't think there is in uh, bad condition as everyone's sort of expecting to be. Uh, obviously, Calvert-Lewin's out for a month with a freak knee injury, as Frank Lampard put it. Problem, mate. Um, yeah, I think but they need a striker. Um, they don't have anyone in replacement. Yeah. I know Deli Alley came on and sort of played in like a false nine role. Yeah. Didn't work. He's Did Anthony dry. Gordon start the game as sort yeah, of like yeah. that sort of main striker? They have signed Gordon, someone, but I think they? They're, I don't well, think they're two midfielders. They signed that Onana guy and they're getting um, Idrissa Gay back. So, their yeah, midfield will be looking decent again, I think. Cause yeah. 
Gay yeah. is always like a good Premier League player, and um, this Onana guy looks like a bit of a unit. But like yeah, you're saying, they need just need striker. to go, Yeah, they need to go even forward. Even when a couple of them is back, they don't have a backup. Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, moving on to another game. We have Man United versus Brighton. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Man United. Because Eric Ten Hag I was must hearing be so much right now. shit about Man United. We're back, baby. It was like that Rio Ferdinand one where they won. They Put down the contract. Give him the contract. Let him sign it. That, that was literally the vibe I was hearing. There was like, Man United are back. We played in pre-season. We scored so many goals. Shut up. Man Shut United up. were diabolical. Maguire Defensively, was, was all over the problem. place. Um, you know they have was. no identity in midfield. Fred cannot play as a six. McTominay is should have been not the player. Yeah. Should have been sent off. Uh, Lissandro Martinez, I thought it wasn't actually the worst, but like playing alongside Maguire, it's he just looked terrible. Should have been a penalty given against him anyway. Mm. Um, Any like body? Yeah, I just like, like yeah. nothing really was going on. They looked better in the second half when Ronaldo because they on. started a game and Ericsson was playing as a f- striker. Yeah, but it just like why. No, they looked and better then, when Ronaldo came on. Yeah, and Ronaldo came on, gave him an actual focal point to play yeah. through, and Ericsson, uh, Fred came off, and Ericsson dropped into the sixth round. I thought he actually did a fairly decent job mm. playing as that six, uh, but they looked better even still when Van der Beek came on, because Van der Beek yeah. likes to play as that sort of like shadow striker sort of role. Yeah, he covers a lot of ground. He's like a box to box. He always wants the ball as well. And yeah, I think you can get if you can utilize him. You got you have to because you can clearly tell. He's the player, easily yeah. got to be your best midfielder. Got to be. Yeah, and I, I, I failed to see how Bruno Fernandez fits into the system. I thought Rashford was wasteful with Rashford any opportunities. Looks so bad at the moment. I know everyone's saying this is the season he's coming back, but if that was the first game, that was bad. De Gea's distribution was diabolical. So bad. I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. He's not a sweeper keeper. If you want to play that kind of style, the likes of City, you need to get an Allison or Arsenal. Someone that can play with the ball at their feet. And De Gea's distribution is so bad. Great shot stopper, but yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just all over the place. Like Maguire, his positioning for some goals. I know a lot of people have been saying that he's getting drawn out position because he's trying to help out his teammates. I think the problem is, it's what we said in our Man United preview, is that the Man United back line, a lot of them are lower, well, I don't want to say low IQ in general because that's rude, but like low IQ football players. Fucking stupid. Fucking dumb cunts. Basically, we were saying that if, so they started with Luke Shaw and Maguire and the problem with that is, we've said this in our United preview, is that football IQ wise, they're both really bad. One of them can't help the other out because they haven't got the football IQ to be like, oh, Luke Shaw's making that run. Let me be aware and cover this space. Or Haraguay is going to go win the ball a bit more centrally. I can tuck in. I don't need to make a darting run. But there's either no communication or they're both fucking dumb and they're not talking enough. And so Luke Shaw bomb up the wing right when Harry Maguire goes to step in to make a tackle. And then all you need is a one, two round them and you're in an acre of space. So the problem is you've got too many stupid cunts next to each other. You need... Get some smart man in. I think Martinez is that. Martinez will be that. And I think, obviously, Varane, you can't... Like, Varane's won so much. He's played with some of the best centre-backs in Varane. The world. It's crazy. But is it because Maguire is the club captain? Yeah, you're trying to shoehorn Harry Maguire into this team and it's a problem. I thought Dallow was actually not the worst right back. I'd say he was the best defender on the pitch. Yeah, I thought on the pitch. Uh, on Man United yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah just on the flip side though Graham Potter's Brighton 
set up unbelievably well. Different They've lost team. two they massive players they in Basuma and Cucurella. They literally lost Cucurella like days before this yeah. game. Let's and talk about they were brilliant. Moises Caicedo. What yeah, a player. fantastic. Trossard. What a player. player. Uh, Pascal Grosch as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. I thought Welbeck... Welbeck looked like prime Ronaldo, man. Everyone in that squad knows exactly what they need to do. And to it works be fair, as part of a system. I could look like prime Ronaldo against Harry Maguire, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie. Um... But yeah, everyone yeah, no. like, like none of these players when they when they, when Graham Potter was signed were the players they are now. Oh, 100%. And he will take a player and no player they sign is the complete thing. No. But they he molds them into the system and the system works so well. Yeah. And um look, I thought yeah, just unbelievable and I think Brighton are really on for a big 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 season. I'd yeah. love to see him do well because I think Graham Potter really deserves it because he goes out there and he plays brave football against big teams. Yeah, 100%. If you're not even are a big team anymore. That's a discussion for another day. I discussion for another day. Uh, anyway, we're going to take a little break and then we'll be back with the final few games of the first game week and uh, run you through our predictions for game week number let's go. two. Let's go. Let's, let's see if we get some more accurate scores. Come on, we got one each. Last Come time. That on. Was nice. We're back in a minute. Back again. And we are back. Time to talk about a game that we games, called yeah. no we did oh, we called Aston Villa uh, Bournemouth a stinker right I thought we called this one a stinker it might have been this one anyway it wasn't a stinker it was good Leicester were phenomenal for the first uh, 60 minutes yeah 2 all. then uh, it ended 2 all. I thought Leicester were really balanced in their midfield they looked dominant for large for parts of the game Dewsbury Hall uh, Tielemans and I think Dewsbury Hall is going to be a good player yeah I thought uh, Madison as well playing in behind Vardy was very effective yeah and then sort of Thomas Frank did this little tactical tweak brought on J- Josh De Silva Josh De Silva yeah he, I had my fantasy team and took him out fuming. fuming I did the same I had Castagna in my team took him out for 8 Nori and Castagna scored yeah it's just, it. it's just the way it goes isn't it, it? But, um, um, but yeah so it was really weird talk to me about Leicester Leicester is there brilliant. a problem there and then they went to a back three in the second half which I don't know if you remember yeah but when Brendan Rodgers was at Liverpool mm. and he was coming to the end of his time there he was like coming up with these crazy formations I and mean, back three is not a crazy formation <laughs> but it wasn't suited to the team and then so he goes to a back three with this Leicester team in like the sort of the dying embers of the game and they just fell apart and Thomas mm. Frank like he bought on Josh De Silva and sort of switched it up so they sort of had like a sort of diamond in the middle they went quite attacking for the last yeah bit. it was yeah. very Cruyffian cool. so, yeah Cruyffian yeah talk to me what does Cruyffian mean for those that Johan Johan Cruyff yeah, 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 yeah it's very 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 influential prime. into this uh, in, in the modern very era old school Barcelona yeah yeah literally changed the way football was played forever yeah um, but yeah and then they just fell apart and that was it and then Brendan Rodgers after the game <laughs> they made one substitution the entire game right and he comes out in the press conference at the end and goes yeah the players were tired tired from Thomas Frank used all five substitutions by the way yeah yeah well, you have mate you have five, five. substitutions yeah. yeah you can get three opportunities to use them right yeah so you can use in like any time. amount that yeah. you want but you only get three opportunities to use them across the game yeah so you can't time waste basically and my man bought on one player. I think Leicester, one of their issues is definitely squad depth. I mean, Ricardo Pereira is always injured. Yeah, bless him. 
because he's, a, he's, he's an, an actual absolute player, player. Yeah. but I think his legs have just gone he's out for what like six months now he's just come back from like a year long injury so yeah so I, I, like, that's sad for him like he's but they need to there. get in the market I think Leicester but the problem is from what I've heard and no read in the media money. they got no money no and the only way you're getting money now you got to sell those big boys for Bro, Farnar looking like he's leaving T. Elements will like he's got Madison, a year left of his contract yeah. they've got players that they could I mean, ship off for like if you sold Madison Fafana and Tielemans that's easily 150 I mean, million Leicester are a far better team with James Madison in them yeah in them in the team yeah um, but they did play for large chunks of the season last year without him yeah, yeah. and they did fairly alright and I mean if you lose Madison for 50 million and goes to Newcastle and you can invest that like Leicester have done in the past when they sold players like Mares and Kante Chilwell Maguire drink water Ugh. They, they've got a history of selling wisely but like and, and, re- and reinvesting reinvesting wisely players yeah. like Ndidi yeah you know? 100% I think yeah I think they know that they need to get in the market it's just hard because like if finding the perfect replacement takes time and, and they if don't you have sell, a lot of time left yeah if you sell the likes of Fafana Madison and Tielemans that's a and big you lose arguably your three best players in one go and can't reinvest smartly and you end up doing panic buys like you're gonna be you're gonna be in a worse situation yeah. so it's trying to juggle the right thing and i think they're in quite a precarious situation at the moment but yeah like like i said the first the first hour of football was brilliant mm. and it was perfectly it was almost boring to watch because they were so in control and brentford yeah. was so so shit but um it ended too all, and that's football for you talking about boring because they're in so much control Let's move on to Man City versus West Ham. What was it? 80% possession? Mate, 78%? They just strangled the life out of West Ham. I, like, I've seen games like it. You get the occasional one every season where Man City have like 99% this possession. This was the first game of the season. The first game of the season against, against a team that they're like known to struggle against. I was like, I was expecting a bit of a fight. Yeah, but I West mean, Ham just got suffocated. Let's just, let's just talk about the main duo uh, in the game. How good were Haaland and De Bruyne? Yeah, their their kind of link up in the Community Shield, it looked like it was still in the process of figuring each other out. Go check out our TikTok because we clipped a bit that we spoke about and we literally predicted exactly what was going to happen this game. The pass through, we said about it in the Community Shield, the passing wasn't there and they've worked on it. I mean, it's not very high tier football IQ from us. But that obviously pass that was going to happen. Defendable. But you like, mate, against that pass. and what I saw that like, so it was one nil getting into like the last twenty. And the thing now with City is, if they're winning one nil in the last twenty, they don't even need to try because a team will come out and try and get that equaliser. And then they will. And then Kevin needs to do one. He doesn't even need to concentrate. Just, just one, one pass, pass when they step forward. The opposition step forward, and Haaland will be on the soldier and gone. And they'll be 2-0 two, two like they did to West Ham I mean do you know it's what, so you, easy for Man City Haaland is so freakishly fast so fast it's unbelievable I mean he must just be an absolute like genuinely if you defend against him or you have to defend against him you will be having nightmares before and even worse nightmares afterwards yeah 100% he's just he's so strong like you saw West Ham have quite like a big team and there's like six foot players all over the yeah, gaff yeah. and there was crosses coming in and he was winning every single cross his heading is a little bit suspect but I think from what I've read about his time at Salzburg and then his time at Dortmund, that has been his weakest attribute. His, I've also heard uh, for that a big guy, his head he, isn't great. He is literally like the most 
spongy player ever he just wants to learn more and more yeah I've heard yeah he's like very eager to get better and that's exactly what and you could tell his mentality was elite do you see the post-match press conference where he swore yeah so funny but he was like I even though he'd scored two man and match on his debut he was like I could have had a couple more and I was like that is what you want mate me I'm so so happy he's here yeah Uh, as a team that's not in the Premier League yeah and I don't have to play against them I'm very happy I'm here QPR against Man City in the FA Cup Harland. We'll absolutely play them off the park, mate. Come on. Absolutely. Chrissy Willett will dominate. You'd love to see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it will happen. Let's not copy the Caramel Cup because we're out of that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Harland was brilliant. I just, and also, before we talk about West Ham, hit me. The way the ball comes through and he lets it run and he's at full pace and then he sees the keeper coming out and he just t- he opens his whole body and that's it. Do you know who that's reminiscent of? Thierry Henry. Of course, mate. He's like, as far as like a player that could do that consistently and perfectly, Thierry Henry was your guy. Yeah. Fast, big, would beat a defender on the last shoulder, open up his body and do the most disgusting curl. Oh, what a man. But yeah. No, I thought it was an excellent... Poor. Oh, I'm attacking smash, the, I'm attacking the smash set. Smash up, smash the up the set. But, um, um, but yeah, yeah, just West absolutely Ham. suffocated the life out oh, of yeah. West Ham. Also, Grealish was shit. Grealish was shit. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, yeah, there's, there is probably brewing a kind of problem with Grealish like how much longer can he ghost games for 100 million there's a nice, problem yeah, brewing nice. but let's Kevin talk Phillips about in, the, in uh, Man City shirt as well which was nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's talk about West Ham is there West a problem there's not a problem obviously nah, I like, mean, most you, teams will get back you can only take the game against Man City with a grain of salt yeah, Man City yeah, yeah. are just levels above pretty much every team in the league yeah 100% um, and I thought like I mean, I just kept seeing Antonio on the floor every five minutes. Yeah. I, I, like, are his knees just gone? Yeah. I, I think the Skamaka for the last 10 when he was on actually looked quite good. Yeah. Yeah. He looked really good. I was really impressed. He's like in the kind of ilk of Harlan and Nunez. Big, scary, fast. I get a bit of a, like a Mitro vibe off him. Yeah. I think he'll well. be a, if he gets a run of games. He's scary looking guy. I think well. he'll, he'll do business, mate. He looks, yeah, he looks good. I think we, we will see this season. West Ham phasing out Antonio and moving Skamaka into that main yeah, role. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the, within the next five game weeks. Yeah, you paid like 40 million for him and he said he's coming to to be the number one. Number one so yeah. I think, yeah, you're probably I right. I thought um, Declan Rice was all right. I didn't think he had a bad game. but what Yeah, he was all right. It's just field. hard, yeah. I mean, but, but the thing is though, when you only have like 20% of the ball, what can you do? Mm, yeah, 100%. What can you do? And like, there was a couple of chances where they sort of managed to hit them a little bit on the counter. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. And But if I'm a West Ham fan, I'm not worried at all. I just think... Uh, yeah, that's one of the games. It is what like, it is. You just is write it off. Start, yeah. The season starts. The season starts next week. Next week, yeah. Tonight, whenever the bloody game week starts tomorrow. But yeah. Um, should we move on? To eat that? Well, that wraps up that game. That, the first round what, what of games. A good game week to start. Yeah, very exciting. Decent games, goals galore. I mean, we saw... Like Two, we didn't even cover the Forest game. Two nil to Newcastle. Oh yeah, what we predicted, but Forest didn't seem to be themselves. They were in the Championship, but I think it will take time, and I think yeah, they will give Steve Cooper time. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, Newcastle, I think there's no surprise. So that is actually talking about us moving on to our predictions next. The only that was, one we got spot, spot on. on. Both of us said 2 0. Absolutely it's nailed that. Both of us said that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely nailed that one. So, um, yeah, I we both expected Newcastle to do well. Nottingham Forest, as well as they did in the Championship, it's hard to adapt to the Prem that quickly. And so, Newcastle, who are momentum is super high, signings were super good, their pre season was good. 
Nottingham Forest is a good game to start your Prem season at home as well. Especially against to put down a team that's got a lot of hype coming into the season. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, I'm, I think it's a good start. As Shah scored an absolute screamer. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He scored one exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw it was like he? a yeah. mirror of like Literally the other one. Literally almost the exact same goal. De, what did they? I saw a tweet. It was like deja vu or deja deja vu. vu. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, good. but talking about our predictions, should we make some for the next week? Yeah, I mean, well, I haven't, I haven't even thought about these. No, nah, I. I think that's how we should do it. We should. We're just, doing it off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yeah. I think if I think about it too much, it's I'll just going to be all of yeah, them wrong. Horrendous. Whereas, I think like, what you. So what? You're one point up on me this last game week. So the kind of how we've got the system is yet zero points if just completely wrong result one, one point, point if you get team. the right result as in like a win loss draw but you don't get the correct score and then three points if you get the correct score that is how it works check out our and stuff. one point up at the minute but it's a long season yeah, it's, it's a long, long season. season we'll do like a little you were saying a little forfeit i shut the bed at that idea but we'll find something we'll start to find something fun yeah but um, so what's the plan we'll talk through the games and then we'll do our predictions no, I think we'll just do our predictions and talk through them as we go. Okay. It's a, it's a, I yeah, mean, yeah, we're, yeah. we're looking at, we're like 50 minutes in, mate. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. People got things to do, mate. <laughs> things to do, aka listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast and all the previous ones and the next ones. Right. And enter the YouTube competition. Early game, never back the early kickoff, but Stinky two Villa. England's arguably best ever central midfielders going up against each other. Steven Gerrard versus Frank Lampard. Frankie Lampard. Two managers whose heads are probably closest to the managerial chopping block. What are you talking and what are you saying? I fancy this to be a one all draw. One all draw. I think both of them have got problems and you don't want to be on that losing side. So I do think it's going to be a cagey affair. I'm going to go. Oh, one all. I was going to. One all was a shout. I'm I like, was going to go for a 2 1 Villa, but I just think they. Tactically wise, it's just all over the place. I might go one all as well. One all draw? Yep, I think so. Moving on to my boys, Arsenal Leicester. Arsenal at home. Leicester I... come off bottling a 2 0 lead. What are you saying? I thought Leicester were good in the first 60 minutes. I thought Arsenal were very good in the first 45 minutes. Mm. Um, I go first for this one? I, yeah, you go first. Go on, I'm going to go 3 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I I think Leicester will score. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Arsenal. Oh, I should have said 3-1. Can I, should I change? You can't now. You locked it in. <laughs> we ain't got time. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll stick 3-0. I'll back the boys. Uh, Brighton-Newcastle. This is a game. Oh, two teams that have come off very good up. starting results. Oh, both teams are just... That'll be a good game. Very excited. I'm going to go for a 6 all. No. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Go! Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'd, if you if it finished six all and you got that score prediction right, I'd say you win the whole tour, like it just that's yeah, it, yeah, that's it. Literally, I just replace you on the podcast. Yeah, just me. Yeah, you talk. I'll be behind the camera. Um, I'm gonna go for a three two Newcastle. Three two Newcastle. Okay, I'm gonna go Ooh. two all. Now I want to say three. Now you're locked right. in. You're locked in. Um, Shout out. Newcastle. <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm joking. Right, Man City versus it? Bournemouth. I, what did you say? Two uh, three, three two. two to Newcastle. Okay, and I said two all. Uh, City Bournemouth. I've gone with very high scoring games now. Yeah. I'm going 5 0 Man City. Yeah, I was back in 5 or 6. I'll go. I'll go 6. Yeah, I think Harlan's going to score 4. <laughs> Earth. Get him in your fantasy team. But Bournemouth proved us wrong last week. Yeah, that's true. If they could do it again this week, I can see. They're winning everything. <laughs> Champions League. Champions um, League. So I said 6 0, you said 5 0. Southampton leads. Hmm. I don't know about Southampton. I mean, Spurs are a very good team. Very well drilled under Antonio Conte. Very hard to beat. Very hard to play against. 
Leeds fairly good against Wolves deserve the win um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to actually no, I'm going to go 2-0 we didn't even talk about the Leeds-Wolves game yeah <laughs> who gives a shit nah not me we can't cover everything Roz we can't cover everything I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to Southampton nice you were like, I'm not sure about Southampton. 2-0 win for Southampton. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. 1-1. Not yep. draws this week. Yeah. I always... That's the way thing. When I whack on a bet, I'll do like wins, wins, wins like for teams. And you always just forget that a draw is a possibility. So yeah, 1-1 I'm going for. Uh, we've got a, a, quite an interesting game in Wolves versus Fulham. Yeah. Obviously Fulham off a great result against uh, Liverpool and then Wolves uh, off a pretty poor performance against Leeds thought Pedro Neto was good though they just signed Gonzalo Guedes from Valencia as well which means that Pedro Neto might be out the door and I know Arsenal being uh, linked with him as well nice. where the fuck are they going to put him left wing uh, we need a left winger yeah but you got Martinelli mate I think rotation rotation yeah. squad depth squad depth yeah 100% uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Wolverhampton Wanderers I was thinking that but I think Mitro coming off that result you say I'm trying to copy you <laughs> Uh, now nah, I'm gonna go two one Wolves two one Wolves yeah yeah uh, do you want to do the next one first yeah Brentford United four uh, 0 Brentford so, so my problem last week is I backed United against Brighton when in the back of my mind I knew United are shit but I still bottled it because they're big United and I was like oh no I've got to like, uh, lean that way a little bit but I'm gonna go for another upset I'm gonna go there's gonna be absolute turmoil. Uh, United post this game. I'm right, gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go two 0 Brentford. Two 0 Brentford. I'm gonna go, imagine the scenes if it actually is. Fuck now. I'm gonna go for a. Oh, I don't know if uh, it may not. I won't concede. I'm gonna go for a two 0 win to Man United. Oh, okay, that was nice. All right, two 0 win. I think not I, I think it might make it click against West Ham. Just back on United one. Yeah, I think Ronaldo will start. He's got to, and I think. Fred or McTominay will be dropped. Ericsson will play deeper. Maybe Van der Beek starts. And then I think they're a bit more of a threat basically going forward. And I hope Varane starts over Maguire. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's a lot of changes because Ten Hag looked fuming. He had no midfield. He but anyway. Fuming. Nottingham Forest, West Ham. This is really, I'm really excited for this game actually. I oh, think yeah. it's two big clubs, big supports. Yeah, be good. Um, big result? I think Skamaka could do a madness if he plays I think that Forest defence could be for the taking a little bit I think West Ham will dominate the midfield so I'm going to go for a 3-1 win to West Ham that's exactly what I was going to say 3-1 West Ham <laughs> look at this guy he's so of rattled of so rattled he's, you know what, he's one point ahead now so he's going to try <laughs> to copy, copy, your, copy my way to that's the, to the money can't lose man that's, see, that's that winning in mentality that Arsenal don't have <laughs> See out the game. Get me into the midfield. <laughs> um, big game. Probably the biggest game of the weekend. Chelsea Spurs. Oh, do you know what? Spurs always struggle against Chelsea. Look. They do indeed. But Antonio Conte. I believe Anthony in Antonio Bobby. Conte. I'm going for a 2-0 win to Chelsea. Uh, to Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Spurs. Switch, it's like the Southampton. I don't know about Southampton. 2-0 Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> no. Two, what did I say? 2-0 Spurs. 2-0 Spurs, yes. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Haroldo, Kane, Dino, Masterclass. Going 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs, okay. Yeah. I think that defence still isn't totally it for me, Spurs-wise. Okay. But um, 
ending the week Monday night football I'm excited for this one yeah it's going to be really fast blowing attacking football Liverpool Palace is always a good game Palace always a hard start to the season yeah. Arsenal and I think and they've got Man City in a couple of weeks yeah it's not nice but no. I mean give them time get them out of the way and then you're buzzing if they get to the level of though playing against a Man City Liverpool Arsenal just on a weekly basis yeah, that's what I'm saying. and then they, they come go... up against fucking Bournemouth you shit on them yeah. Bush or Man United they're going to walk all over <laughs> yeah those lower league teams <laughs> but um, Liverpool Crystal Palace what are you saying no I've done, I've done the last one okay first. yeah okay. you go first oh my god don't cry um, I'm going to go I think Liverpool are going to be a little bit shook but they're going to come back and be a bit angry Palace, kind of same. They probably think they should have got something out of that. Is Alise back for this? Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 Liverpool. Do you know what? I was thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to go for a 4-1 Liverpool. Oh, it's pretty much the same thing. Nah, better. <laughs> More, More goals. Braver. More goals. Braver. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that was nice. I'll Mate. whip up another little post, get the scores sorted. Goals on the board. Post Scores game. on the board. Put your predictions down below. Yeah. That's a perfect I idea for the comment. I want to hear your score predictions. Enter the giveaway. But yeah, enter the giveaway. Yeah. We'll do a post about it as well. All the T's and C's will be down in the description. Um, Mystery yeah. shirt giveaway. Comment on the YouTube channel videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Easy Let as that. Your favorite, your favorite retro football shirt or your predictions for the week or why Ross has got so many bad opinions. Off. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm all right. Yeah. Oh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks so much for watching, guys. Make sure to follow us on all our socials: TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, follow the socials. Twitter. We're close to 200 followers on the old Insta. Yeah, let's go. Was just getting a tattoo with board draw. <laughs> I am. Yeah, if, if we hit 200 Instagram yeah. followers. <laughs> Everyone, enjoy your week get excited for the football we've got a fantasy video coming out as well it's back guys it's back tell us about your fantasy team tell us about all your fantasies we like a fantasy we like a fantasy thank you so much for watching guys good night it has been board draw and it's live bye